It's been six years of podcasting, and without our sponsors, we wouldn't be able to bring these podcasts to you. So I want to thank today's sponsors. And first off, we have the Pretentious Pickle Company of 190 Water Street in Plymouth. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to get down there, uh, go down and check out what they make. They have everything pickled you can imagine from uh, pickled beets to carrots to mushrooms to onions to Brussels sprouts and cauliflower. They even have pickled um, uh, or pickled flavor cotton candy, I should say. They make it fresh there every day, and you can go in there and check out what they have to offer. And if you're not in the Plymouth area, you can go to pretentiouspickle.com and check out what they have to offer there as well, and they will ship it out to you. Their stuff is delicious. You should check it out. And uh, they are big fans of ours, and we are big fans of theirs. So thank you to the Pretentious Pickle Company for sponsoring today's episode. And our second sponsor today is Moonrise Cinemas. Moonrise Cinemas is a new drive-in in Plymouth. Uh, right on the Plymouth-Kingston line. They're located at 428 Court Street in Plymouth, Mass. And they offer a great selection of movies. You can go. It's very family-friendly. I went and checked out The Goonies there. They've had Marvel movies, a wide variety of stuff. And they're really starting to expand. They have had uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. This coming year, they're doing music on thursday nights on wednesdays are going to be 420 friendly events so make sure you check out what they have to offer uh, moonrisecinemas.com it's a great venue they have a beer garden they have uh their own food their food's phenomenal and they're bringing back their french toast which i'm very excited about uh, so make sure you check out what they have to offer, moonrisecinemas.com. And if you use in code INEBRIART when purchasing tickets, you'll get 10% off. So make sure you go to moonrisecinemas.com to get your tickets for movies, concerts, and more. And use code INEBRIART for 10% off on your purchase. And now let's jump right into the podcast. Welcome back, listener. This is Andy, as always. Um, it's been like six years. You know who I am. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's been a while since I've had, like, someone recommended, like, hey, you should talk to this person. And uh, my friend over at WATD, uh, John Shea, is like, hey, you need to talk to Lainey Dion. Did I get it right? Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, thank God, like, I can write stuff down and... <laughs> cheat um but uh laney welcome to the show so you you came with very high recommendations i hope you know yay yeah thank you so much for having me yeah no problem uh so i was listening to some of your stuff on youtube and the first thing that jumped out at me was holy shit she reminds me of someone and i couldn't put my finger on it like your your voice i'm like oh my god who like you ever get that like where you're like oh this makes me think of someone and i can't do, do you get compared to like someone specific all who, the time who, who, yeah. Who? yeah so when i when I, Cause I, I i'm literally like i can't for the life of me think of who that sounded like 
I get a lot of people, but when I, when I released my second single, Skin, everyone was like, this is a Taylor Swift song. This is Taylor Swift. Uh, I don't think that's helpful to me. I don't think it is either. Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I get that all the time. I don't see it, yeah. but everyone else seems to. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that like pops into mind. A lot of like older people come up to me and like compare me to like Edie Brickell, but I don't know who that is. So. <gasps> You don't know who Edie Brickell is? No. This is bullshit. Interview over. <laughs> um, well, honestly, she was just like a one-hit wonder. Do I sound like her, though? Do I sound um, like a one-hit wonder? I don't think so. I don't think. I don't know. I don't man. think that's who it is. And then I get Carly Simon sometimes. I don't get that at all. <laughs> I almost want to say Grace Vanderwall. Oh, she's got uh, a lot of rasp to her. I don't yeah, know. and I, and I, like that was what was coming to my mind. I'm like, but I don't know if that's right. Like, I don't. Hey, you know, you know like... it's good that I sound like famous people, but not exactly <laughs> like famous people because yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> I could be one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's just like I was trying to put my finger on it, and I couldn't. And the closest I could come was like, I'm like, it's not, it's not her. But yeah, I don't know. It's gonna bug me until like no. one day. I'm, it's it's just gonna pop into my head. Um, but definitely check out Eber Kell. Like, uh, like I said, one hit wonder. So I, I can only speak to the one song, but it's a really good song. Um, and then I think her other claim to fame is like she married like Paul Simon. Okay. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know her. I don't, whenever I play cover gigs on top of playing my own songs, yeah. people always come up to me and like, do some Edie Brickell or Joni Mitchell. I don't have either of those in my set. That's a weird. I've never heard anyone cover Edie Brickell. I get it all the time, like all the time, which makes me feel like I really should probably learn that one one hit one. Yeah, <laughs> I get I mean, it all the time. I mean, I do have like older songs in my set. Like I do Carol King. Um, I have some Elvis Presley, some America, Merca. Um, you know, and uh, I don't like that you call songs from my childhood old songs. That kind of these are songs from your childhood. These well, are well, well Edie, Edie Brickell is. I don't know. Is Edie Brickell 90s? What is she? Yeah, she was like uh, maybe late 80s, but definitely 90s. Yeah, no. Yeah. I get people request Tori Amos from me, too. and I, I kind of can't stand Tori Amos. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never. I don't I don't know what it is about Tori Amos. It seems like I don't know. I'm trying to think if I know any guy. That is a big Tori Amos fan. I feel like a guy. She, okay. Yeah, I feel like she she uh, appeals, appeals to, to the women. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, that was never a fan of mm. hers either. So yeah, yeah. I'm so, sure she's a lovely person. One thing that I can do, yeah, is the cranberries. Okay, I, I no? enjoy their music. I can. It's Dolores, right? That's her name, right? Yeah, maybe. We're going to go with Dolores. Do you do it's zombie or do you do like another? Oh, I do zombie, linger, dreams. Oh, I do like, oh, I think linger is, I think linger is an underplayed. I, I, you would just make me think of like, because I said, I've never heard anyone cover Edie Brickell. And I'm like, oh, you know, there's always, whenever I hear, hear a female singer, it's like, they always do zombie. They always do um, so what's going on by the four non-blondes. Oh yeah yeah oh, which wow. is a good song but i'm like i have to hear it every time you know just a little bit um oh a lot of more set i do do okay all right i like her <laughs> um 
And you don't hear enough uh, Black Velvet from, uh, oh, God, who was that? Another one hit wonder, and I can't think of. Black Velvet. Yeah, great song. Huh. I was born 94, so I, was, I lived a bit. Thanks, thanks, thanks man. Thanks a lot. Thanks. <laughs> um, so let's talk about your music and not when you're born, because that just, you know, whatever, bumps me out. Um, <laughs> so, like, you just had a, an album come, was it three months ago? Yeah, so I like, had an album come as Time's going by so fast. It was September of 2021, but I had uh, a single drop in February, a single drop in March, and a single drop in April. Not off of that album, yeah. off a brand new project. So I've just been trying to release music like constantly, and it's catching up to me, man. Like <laughs> I need to like slow down a little bit because um, not only is it expensive, it's just really hard to promote everything properly when you're just constantly releasing. You know, you're yeah. focusing on the next thing going forward and not really promoting the things that you just released so much. So I think I'm gonna like hold back a little bit, maybe take a month off to like really get a hold of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then release another single. It, it's um, so weird, though, that I feel like that's the way everyone's doing it now. Is yeah, of, like just dropping one album and be like, I'm promoting and touring to promote, you know, to promote my album. Yeah. It's so right promise. now they're like recommending to drop a single every six weeks, which I guess is okay if you have a label and like people to like work for you to promote yeah. those things because the algorithm on Spotify will kick in when you're dropping constantly. Mm -hmm. Um. But for somebody like little old me who's just doing everything by themselves, it's very difficult. Yeah, it, it's, you know, of course it's a job, you know, but it, it's mm. just like, it's, yeah, I, I like the idea that you're, you're taking a month off um, from, from doing that. I'm sure you're doing other things, but it, it, yeah. I mean, like even the podcast, like we are kind of on this, you know, weekly grind where it's like, mm. you know, if we take the, their, our foot off the gas completely and, you know, you know, don't pay attention. So all of a sudden you're like, we don't have any episodes recorded and we need something for Monday. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause that, that's usually my producer. And, hmm. um, it, and so it becomes, you know, like we've had to institute weekly um, business meetings. Like hmm. it, it's usually like 20 minutes. We just jump online and just to be like, okay, this is how many are in the queue and this is who's coming up next. And when is the next date of recording and just basic, make sure everyone is focused on what they need to be focused. Like, do you have anybody that you're working with to, or is it just completely you? Yeah. So I did have some people, I had two teams working for me for a bit, um, but my contract has run up. And right now, John, our, our nice friend, John Shea, gotcha. <laughs> is heard of him. Out. Um, and I have a couple of friends that are helping me out. My friend Linda's helping me out. Um, but I book like gigs, everything by myself. I'm booking co-writes. Um, I'm promoting. I'm like trying to do literally every hat that is possible <laughs> in the music industry. Um, right now, my main focus uh, is live gigging because that's now opening up thank god after the yep. pandemic right mm -hmm. um and i'm writing a lot for sync so i'm writing for a couple of different tv um shows right now and that's been a lot of fun um nothing's come out yet so i'm not allowed to say the specific uh, i'm sorry did you say you're writing for tv shows yeah that's cool yeah 
it's a lot of fun. Um, they send me like 16, 17 tracks uh, within like a two month frame. And then I have to write all of those tracks for the show. And, and yeah, oh, that's, huh. That's and I'm going to ask you some questions. If you can't talk. Now, like, how does that work? Do they own? the music once you've written it or is it still yours? yeah so i don't i don't own any of the music um it's the networks so they yeah. own it so it i mean my name will be on it like when you see the credits for the tv show or if you shazam it you'll yeah see the track you know and you'll see featuring lady dion um but they're not like my songs i'm just top lining them huh and is that art no mm. Are they networks that I would have heard of? Oh yeah. Okay, so major. I like how you're like carefully wording. You know, I, I don't. I don't want to put you in a position where you be like, I can't answer that or, or say something you're not supposed to. No, no, um, no. For, for instance, uh, a couple months ago, my track "Skin" off my album. This isn't something I wrote specifically for the show, but I wrote "Skin" before, and that got placed on Teen Mom MTV Family Reunion. Oh. Nice. So, something that people have heard of. I've never watched Team Mom before this episode. So when I watched yeah. it, I was like, oh my God, holy shit. <laughs> but... So, of course, the real question is do you get like residuals? Like if the shows yeah. are hit, that's awesome. Yeah, that's... so you, you land a flat fee. How Sync works is you land a fee for them taking your song and then you get royalties every time the episode is played. So, so if you get a show that has reruns, you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like friends or something yeah yeah and it, it's it's funny I, I heard like one of the, the the best things ever to do is to write a theme song you know yeah if you write jingles or theme songs you get a lot of royalties for that because it's played every single time i think i don't know i've never written one i'm assuming that's how it works <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But... it's you know and just to think of you know like the the uh, is it they might be giants that did uh big bangs Oh, I have no idea. I, I think it's I don't, watch, that show either. I don't um, watch a lot of TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's them. I could be wrong, but just mm -hmm. you know, the, the amount of times that's on in a single day. Yeah. You know, getting like a you know 50 cents or a dollar. I'm like, that, that adds up. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh is that so is this do you enjoy that aspect of it? It's kind of more commercial side. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I like being creative without having to worry. So like yeah. when you write for sync, you're just writing to write something that matches a vibe or sometimes you get a brief and it's like, we need super rock here. Like, you know, like you're just writing to write. Um, and it's fun cause there's no pressure. It gets picked. It gets picked. If it doesn't get picked, it doesn't get picked. You just wrote a surfer rock song, you know, like it's, it's no biggie. Whereas writing for my album that's a little bit it's not i wouldn't say it's stressful but i'm very much so a perfectionist and i don't stop writing the song until it's in a place where i absolutely am completely proud of putting it out and it's authentically me whereas mm -hmm. with sync you don't really have to worry about <laughs> you don't have to worry about being authentic to you right yeah, yeah. i mean everything that i write is me you know yeah. like I had to write for this like kind of hip hop track and like I mean take take a look at me like uh, I, I look kind of pokey, look kind of indie, look kind of pop, you know. Definitely do not look R and B hip hop vibe, but I like rapped for this one verse. 
and uh it was it was fun it was a lot of fun so i think it's it's just like no pressure you're just writing to be creative and and trying to match the vibe and that's that's like a very fun thing to do not that writing for my album isn't fun it's just takes a lot out of me emotionally i think yeah yeah we uh on our facebook page we run a daily drawing challenge and one of our regular people that post in it uh, commented they're like oh I really like it because it makes me draw things that I would never have thought to draw or want oh, wow. to draw do you feel that kind of same way where you're like oh I'm doing hip-hop today I that's something I would never do is it kind of like growing you in different ways that like you'd never really thought about or like I guess I feel like so I went to to Berkeley College of Music and mm -hmm. there you kind of are thrown into every which genre having to learn exactly what makes up the structure of that genre. Yeah. So I already had like a background in kind of everything and how things should sound and what elements go into what genres. Um, so like it wasn't anything that was like brand new for me where I'm discovering myself, but it is kind of fun for me to just like sit down and be like, hmm, I'm gonna put on this hat today and today I'm this character, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that definitely is fun. And I feel like it makes me grow as an artist to be able to open myself up like that and come up with different creative ideas and to stay in that like cool kind of anything goes vibe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. Um, so things are opening up. Are, are you planning on doing a tour to support this new, new music you have coming oh, out? Um, what I love to do a tour, but let's, let's be, let's be real. <laughs> when, when you're, uh, indie artist that's not very well known when you do a tour man you're gonna go you're gonna go uh what's the word that i'm looking for in the hole <laughs> on that tour i did a tour in 2017 for my album that dropped in 2016 um and it was a lot of fun we did the whole east coast we our first show was in new york city god that show was terrible we like <laughs> it was the first show on the tour and we like were so pumped, but also nervous energy. And like my guitarist had forgotten all of the keys to all of our songs. <laughs> <laughs> so every song he played like a key, he played a note that was like in a completely wrong key. And I live streamed the whole thing. And then after I got done, I went on to Facebook and I deleted the live stream. Like, oh, <laughs> terrible. And we all sat on different, because you know, there's a green room when you tour yeah. for the band. We all sat at different corners of the green room and none of us talked to each other after the show. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, but we did the whole, it was a lot of fun, but you know, you have to, sometimes we slept at random people's houses. Sometimes we slept in the car. Sometimes we drove back home to sleep, you know, it's, yep. It, it costs a lot of money to be able to play all these shows, pay your bandmates. You know, sometimes you have to, I hate pay to play places. You have to pay the right amount of tickets in order to right. play that place. Um, it's just a lot that goes into touring that I just don't think is economically good for me right now. Mm -hmm. um, I do play out live shows all around Rhode Island. I'm from Rhode Island. Um, I play 90 shows. Uh, 90 shows 90 venues in rhode island probably between 70 and 100 shows a year yeah um and that's mostly cover gigs but i do do occasional you know album gigs which is a lot of fun but right now touring just isn't an option especially it, we're not completely opened up yet and having to either fly or drive to all these places i don't know man it's just a lot 
<laughs> Plus I, the self-titled, so that was a 12 song album. Um, and it ended up costing me like over $25,000 to produce out of my own pocket. Wow. So I feel like I just need to like kind of settle into that, you know, build myself up a little bit because I want to keep putting out music and that's the most important thing to me right now. Um, so I'll play a couple of my songs at every show I do, but touring as fun as it would be, is just not a smart move for me. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's so it's gotta be an incredibly difficult thing to do, especially now. I mean, I was just like kind of thinking as you're talking and it's like, you know, cause you booked the, the tour and you have your dates mm -hmm. and whatever. And, you know, I'm sure there's people in your band that you'd hate to miss out on, but like if someone got COVID then like, okay, so yeah. they're off the tour and do you find a replacement and do you cancel dates? And, you know, that's going to put you more in the hole because I'm sure there's, you know, the, the venues are going to have some sort of guarantee that, you know, to, to yeah, make sure that it, people are going to be someone there. So, yeah, it, it's got to be incredibly difficult right now. Yeah. I mean, I could do like a solo, like acoustic tour, which also would be fun. But like, again, it's just I need to spend my time making money, not digging myself. <laughs> <laughs> not spending you know? it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's tough. Yeah. yeah, cause the pandemic was so hard, you know, like I, there was a whole year 2020 where I just didn't work at all, yeah. you know, cause the pandemic hit what in like March. Uh, yeah. Everything shut down in March. Yeah. And then that was, that was it, you know? And so like live shows were done. I was like live streaming for tips and that was like it. And this is all I do. Like all I do is music full time. Mm -hmm. Um, I play and I teach music and that's it. Um, so, and then all my students couldn't come into my office to, right, to, to play learn. piano or whatever. I had to switch everything to zoom. And some kids were like, yeah, we're way too ADD to try to have our kid do because you have these kids that like, just will bang on the piano. And when you're with them, you could be like, okay, let's calm down. Let's do the C skill or whatever. But when you're on zoom, that's very difficult to, right. to get the kid's attention to be like, all right, let's, you know, calm down. I can't hold anybody's hands or, or mm -hmm. even like put their hands in the right position on piano or guitar right. or anything. It's very difficult. So I did lose a lot of income 2020 into 2021. And thank God things are opening. A lot of places that were having live uh, outdoor entertainment, they like saved my butt. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, I mean, even it was 2021. 20, I mean, things were still kind of shut down and yeah. You know, you could play, but you couldn't sing. And there's all these weird rules. And I mean, we we started doing a live stream um, with uh, the craft beer seller in Plymouth. And we called it the seller sessions. And, oh, cool. you know, uh, and we brought people in just to kind of, you know, give give them a, a venue and, and uh, you know, another audience beyond just their own fans to try and get them some tips. And, you know, it was pretty successful. We were happy with it. But, you know, then we talked about like, Oh, is this going to continue? I'm like, no, one's going to show up to play for free <laughs> when they can get a gig. No, we're not going to do this. I'd love to, but no, they're not going to do that. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very weird time. Did you, and all the creative people I talked to, they tended to go one of two ways. Like myself, I did nothing creative during the, like quarantine. Cause it, I just, I wasn't in a good place and it was very depressing. And like, 
I lost my job and it was just like, I didn't have that creative energy. Did you find it like gave you time to create or were you not interested in writing? Like how did, how did it affect you that way? Yo, I was depressed as shit. Yeah, it was bad, right? <laughs> like, oh God. I had four family members die during 2020. Oh my and, God, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was it was like crazy. And then I couldn't leave because I had really bad health issues to mm -hmm. the point where my doctors were like, if you go out and you get COVID, you know, you could. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, all right, so staying inside, not seeing any friends, not seeing anybody, Ugh. couldn't go to any funerals, couldn't do anything. So it was like really, really depressing. And uh, during that time, I was dating somebody and we had a we had a home together and we broke up and I had to move back in with my parents and we had a nasty ass breakup, man. Yeah. So I had all of this like pent up, angry, depressing energy. And that's how the second half of the album got. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's therapeutic, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So the second half of the album, I wrote uh, a song called Wake Up Call, which is about waking up out of this terrible ass relationship and leaving. Yeah. Um, and then Sentimental and Cumbria and like a whole bunch of different songs that were like the second half of the album, man, is just like either super angry, angsty, I hate my ex songs, or I'm super sad <laughs> songs. Um, so it was it was really helpful to go through. Oh, this sounds really bad, uh, but it was really helpful to me when going through all of that to be able to write because I use writing as my like therapeutic outlet. Once I like go through something, if I write about it in a song then those feelings live in that song. I got it all yep. out and it's living there now. It doesn't live in my body anymore. Um, so that was very helpful to me to be able to write during that time. It, and you said it, it sounds bad. I don't think it sounds bad at all. I think it sounds really normal. I think a lot, a lot of music is written that way. Yeah. And some are huge hits, you know, yeah. a lot of more set had one. I mean, uh, what was the name? It was a band back in my day um, <laughs> uh, called Ugly Kid Joe. Oh, boy. And, and they were pretty much a one-hit wonder because they wrote a song. I think it's called Everything. No, it's called like I Everything I Hate About You or something like that. Mm. And that's just the whole song is like this really visceral I hate you kind of song. Yep. And, you know, every at every moment of every day, someone is going through that. I need to hear that kind of music. Yep. <laughs> so I, I it benefits everybody. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, speaking of hating, I, I have a song that's not released yet. So your, your podcast is the first that's ever heard of this song even existing. Ooh, okay. Um, but it's called uh, hating you is better. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and, that's exactly the kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, um, the punchline of the song is loving you is fun, but hating you is better. And it's, it's got like all of these things about like this person lied so much that he made the Guinness world book of records. Like that's one of the yeah. lines in it. Like the, it, there was so much that I hated about that relationship that I put it all into one song. And my mom, when she was reading the track listing for the new album, yeah. she was like, can you write anything that's happy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started writing some happy songs this year, got into a better relationship and a way better mind space now that everything has been opening up. 
Um, so there is some happy songs, but you know, the, the entrails of self-titled my first album trailing into this, there was some angsty X songs, you know, there's gotta be, there's yeah, gotta sure, be. of course. Yeah. But, but yeah, so very excited about, uh, the hating song to come out. When's that coming out? I have no idea. So the next song that's coming out is called, I have no idea. I should be the one that knows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but 2009 is a song that I wrote about me being in high school in 2009. Yeah. And how it was like much simpler times and you chill in a parking lot and have fun. And, and you know, like it wasn't, anything wasn't that serious back, back in high school. You just had fun wherever. Um, and that song, is in the mixing stages right now. I just got a mix today, so I gotta listen to that and approve it. But that song will be the next song that comes out. Um, and then I'm writing a really nice song about being in love. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll probably be the next one, just to break up the uh, angsty feels. Yeah. And then probably hating you is better. Nice. Yeah, it, it's and I, you know, going back since she was brought up, uh, Lannis Morissette, like her first album was so angsty that. Was that Jagged Little Pill? Yeah. Yeah. That like when she kind of went on from that, people were like, no, we liked you better when you were miserable, you know? Like, I feel <laughs> yeah. like she never got that success back. Yeah. So. Yeah. She, I don't, I don't think I've known. She had this one song, I think it's called like India or something. Yeah. I think cause like she traveled through India and like kind of. That was the only song off of, I think it's not on Jagged Little Pill. That was the only song off of Jagged Little Pill that I. I liked. I didn't listen to any of her music past that. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. like, whenever I cover her, um, I obviously have to change like a lot of the words. Yeah. <laughs> like, will she go down on you in a theater? I change that. Will she come with you to the theater <laughs> 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 whenever I perform it? Um, but yeah, so she's she's a lot of fun to cover. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what else do you like to cover as far as music? -wise? You know. I love to cover songs that nobody knows. <laughs> That's like my favorite okay. to do. Because I, some of my favorite artists are just random people that I don't know that I found on Spotify, Discover Weekly, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I, if I were to pick a band that I liked to cover and like didn't work, because a lot of songs when I play them out, I'm playing with same, like I have 300 songs in my set list. And I mostly play like the ones that everybody knows over and over again. And like right. when you play, like don't stop believing for like 50 times in a row. You're just like, oh, I hate that song now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, sure, yeah. But I never get that way about covering Coldplay. I could cover any Coldplay song. I really like Coldplay. And for a while, a lot of people were kind of like throwing shade their way. But I don't know why, man. Everyone really like them. Have you heard the, the, the like meme saying that Coldplay is Radiohead for moms? <laughs> I haven't. But that that's exactly the kind of shade that I was talking about. I'm like, I I think they're really good. And it's it's almost like people are hating on them because they're successful. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of their newest album, but like Ghost Stories, that's like one of my favorite albums of all time. If you told me I can only listen to one record for the rest of my life, it would probably be Ghost Stories. If you could absolutely never hear a specific album ever again, like you could almost wipe out from existence oh man i feel like i know this in the back of my head because i i'm very expressive and when songs come on the radio or something i'll just be like Ugh. 
<laughs> hate that. Like, that's terrible. But right now, I can't come to mind like somebody that I absolutely hate listening to. It's probably going to be something from the seventies, and you're going to hate me for. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure. What would your answer be? I don't know. I just thought of the question. <laughs> um, is there anything that I really can't stand? Um, I, I think I'm one of those people. Uh, my producer makes fun of me all the time. He's like, you don't like things when it becomes popular. And it's weird mm. because I just defended Coldplay for that very specific reason. But I don't, I think anything get, gets overexposed. I don't want to, like, I just get tired of hearing it. Like, you know, oh, that's really good. But, you know, I've heard it 700 times in the past four weeks. I don't want to hear it ever again. Yeah. Um, but I suppose if I could pick uh oh uh baby shark baby shark. Hey, no 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 don't sing it <laughs> it is like one of the worst earworms ever like the second someone breaks into it is like that's it it's in my head all day and i can't get yeah. rid of it and i don't have kids that age it's it's i'm not even sure how it came into like my realm of knowledge but tiktok on the tiktok I think it was someone at work. Uh, I was working for a stainless steel company. Mentioned it, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, you have to hear it." And now I just want that person to suffer a miserable life. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think that song ever really bothered me. It wasn't one that I was like, "Oh my god, I'm obsessed with this. Let me do the TikTok dance," you know. But <laughs> yeah. it never really bothered me. You know, bringing it back to to Tori Amos, I really can't stand any of her songs. <laughs> okay if uh, any of her records went away yeah. uh, it's just the voice i can't handle the voice same thing with bruce springsteen can't handle his voice man not a i'm not a fan he's fine i kind of put him in the same areas like acdc where i'm like they're fine i get i don't get i don't get why people like him like i mean they're fine but his voice pains me like it yeah. pains me to listen to <laughs> <laughs> I had one of those like they can't see us, right? No, no, no. But I just had one of those staring off into the distance, like pains me. <laughs> like thinking about like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the pain um, Bruce has caused you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anybody that sounds like it hurts, like Sia. Sia sounds like it hurts to sing. Um, I don't I don't hate Sia songs, but it definitely sounds is. like Sia? Chandelier? I'm gonna swing from the Oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay. It's like yeah. you know who Sia is. I know her the, the clown sings that song. What clown? Have you, ever, have you ever heard uh what does it go by? Puddles the Pity Party? Yo, I have no idea. Oh yeah, so it's like this dude and he dresses up like a clown, he doesn't speak, but what he, he sings? sings, holy shit. phenomenal like unbelievable voice i think it's really crazy that you don't know who sia is but you're like oh yeah the clown clown (laughs) yeah i have have a weird internet knowledge like that's you know i'm old i watch a lot of youtube and apparently now tiktok yeah yeah tiktok's huge they're like i feel like you can't get any label interest unless you have like a big TikTok following now. I, I Halsey just released a video saying uh, 
her label won't let her release a song unless they can fake a viral uh, TikTok moment for really? it. Really? Yeah, yeah, TikTok's being included in like every label like interest signing. Yeah, so that's... I hear that a, a lot from like actors too, not just TikTok, but yeah, you know, where, where they'll be like, "I'll lose a role." Because the other person had more social media followers, and it's just like that's, that's so shitty, man. Like it is because talented people, like really talented people that don't have a following, aren't being heard. Whereas people that are like, I'm no shade, no shade. Yeah. But Addison Ray was a TikToker. You don't know who no. that is, right? No. no. Okay. Sorry. TikToker. She dances. Okay. She does does dances on TikTok. Now she's a singer and signed to a label because she has a massive TikTok following. However, she's not like a singer singer. You know how there's like, mm -hmm. actually, I, I rephrase this. She's a singer, she's not an artist. Yep, sure. That's like no shade to her. Like congrats to her for, for making it big, getting signed to a label, having a following on TikTok. But I think it's really shitty of labels to be signing people who aren't artists that have been working all their lives towards that. You know, and it's so, it's so tricky because we actually had someone, we run events and I had someone reach out the other day and they're like, I want to work with you guys. I want to run events with you guys. And I had to message my business partner and be like, I don't like, I feel like these would be successful events and mm -hmm. we'd make money, but it's not, it's not something I'm kind of okay with. Like, I don't like the idea of it being under our brand. And okay. so it, it it's really weird because we're business, man. Like I have to put food on the table. I have rent yeah. to pay. So it's tough from a business standpoint to pass up money because that's mm -hmm. essentially what we ended up doing. We, you know, we're like, you know, we wish you the best of luck, but I don't, feel like that's a right fit for our brand and you know so two three months go by what a, you know i can am i going to be kicking myself because i'm like i can't make my rent or car whatever bill i need to pay oh, i wish i was doing those events just it's a weird thing to be like do, do am i i don't like where do you draw the line like what if someone in was going to pay you to play a gig at a place that you weren't comfortable playing the gig with, I suppose. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Whether I thought you were going to say they didn't have a TikTok following. So I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's I'm just, confused about the segue, man. <laughs> sorry. It was just because like from the, 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 you can be the most talented singer out there. Oh, I got you. I got but you. If you don't have some sort of work ethic, if you don't have some sort of fun, like if people aren't going to buy your stuff. Yeah. Why would the label sign? But I can, I can, the, the perfect example. There is a director. Um, he, he writes and directs and he made um, the human centipede. Okay. Are you familiar Crazy with that movie? movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I love a, how we're like segueing from TikTok to human centipede. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's totally normal. Um, this, this welcome to off the rails. And, uh, so he has a new movie that's written, directed, filmed, cut, ready to go, and no one will put it out because yeah. it is atrocious. 
Yeah. And he's all like, they're censoring me. It's not that. Like, I just don't think anyone thinks they can make money off of it. That's true. So it's that hard line between art and business. I feel like, like back in the seventies, you had a meeting or not even seventies, nineties, eighties, you had a meeting with, I remember uh, that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You got a, how it worked was you got a following, you know, you played out, people were talking about you, you get a meeting with the record label, they'd listen to you. They'd say you either are good or you suck and that's it, you know? Yep. And now I feel like it's more social media based than if you're good or if you suck, which is unfortunate because I feel like if labels really believed in a good person that was like amazing and they went to sign them, that they could create viral Mm -hmm. content. Right. You know, but right now they're looking for the viral content before the talent, in my opinion. Yeah. It's almost like they're 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 looking at it from like the podcasting standpoint where you need to build a following before you can even get advertising. Yeah, because you know, no one's going to advertise on a podcast that doesn't get downloads. So why would they? And yeah. so like these bands are like, well, you do the legwork and build up a following and then we'll sign you. Yeah. And that's that's hard. That's really hard right now in a saturated, uh, you know, climate and and. I mean, it, it's just hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to make it big now. Um, and I feel like if, if labels really, really, really listened to good music, because there's tons of artists that I listen to on Spotify that aren't signed, yeah. um, but are incredible, like producing way better stuff than what you hear on the radio right now. And obviously music's subjective, so like you can't trust my opinion based off anybody else's. I mean, you don't even like but, Tori Amos. So. Yeah, I don't like Tori Amos, <laughs> so you know, F my opinion. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, uh, it's just really unfortunate. It's really hard. And uh, I hope it gets a little bit better for for the industry. Yeah, it, it's it's so weird because I feel like it's incredibly hard in like to kind of get to that Taylor Swift. Oh yeah. You know, level almost, you know, is that even possible anymore? I don't but think I, so. <laughs> but I, well, but actually I, Billie Eilish just came out not too yeah. long ago. And, but she was one of those people like the second I heard about her, cause I'm like, Oh, who is this person? She exploded like overnight. It seemed like, wow. So, um, and that could just be me not knowing who she is. Yeah, because I was gonna say with me, not to sound like a total hipster, but uh, oh my I, god, you listen to her before it was. Cool, I'm like dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard her for years before she she popped out, and I used to she had the song called Six Feet Under. Was really obsessed with it. Um, I might be wrong about the title of that, but the chorus is Six Feet Under, and um. She just had like tons of really good music. She she came out on SoundCloud and all of her music was there. And then she did pop up pretty fast. She got signed. And now Phineas, her brother, is signed. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess it can happen kind of recently-ish because, I mean, I think her album, what, came out 2018? Something like right, that. Where we all fall. Yeah. Where we go. Um, Hasn't been that Yeah, long. so you could. I feel like it's very, very, very difficult now, though, because the Taylor Swift's Harry Styles, Charlie Poots of the generation, you know, that was like 2010. Yeah. And I feel like. But, but I feel like in the in the same almost in the opposite aspect is there are people who build up a significant following and whatever it is they do, 
using social media and TikTok and they end up mm. making a reasonable living, you know, maybe, oh, yeah. you know, they're not going to buy a $400 million mansion, but you know, they can <laughs> pay their bills and do what they love. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of great that we have the access and ability to put out whatever artwork you're making. Oh yeah. It's totally a double-edged sword. There's yeah. definitely a good side of it and also a very oversaturated bad side of it. <laughs> Yeah, but, and, um, and God forbid you find something that you like and like didn't make a note or, or like it or save it. And then you're like, what was that? Who was that? Again? Yeah, you're trying to search that. like <laughs> blonde dude that sings funk. And Google's like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it is. It is. Oversaturation is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it gets a little bit better. Hopefully they... Spotify will pay their artists hopefully a little bit more, you know. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, get the industry gets a little bit better for artists and less good for labels because right now it's very, let's get the labels rich and f the artists. Yeah, but that's. that's... I know you told me I could swear, but I keep saying f. I know. I didn't want to say anything. I'm like, it's fucking weird that she says f. Fuck the artists. <laughs> um. But they've always been that way, you know. Yes. True. Yeah, so that, that's but, not a new thing. Yeah, I feel like 360 deals are newer. Maybe they had 360 deals in the, in the 70s. 360 deals. When the hell's a 360 deal? Yeah, so here's my Berkeley experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, 360 deals is when labels tap into everything, tap into your merch, your ticket sales, literally anything that has to do with you, they get a yeah. cut of. Whereas uh, before, they would just get a cut of your master or uh album sales or or whatever they did work out with you 360 deals are the most common deals for new artists right now because that makes the label the most money and the artist the least amount of money hmm. makes it easier for the label to own you too because right you need to <laughs> be with them after that you know they own everything oh man so they even wow that's crazy um yeah it's it's tough you know and I feel like every industry is like that. I remember there was a a big thing back in the nineties where comic book creators were going through that same thing where they're like, I'll write and create this character. And, you know, this other guy draws that character into existence and we create this character that's going to go on and make multi-million dollars and movies and blah, blah, blah. And we own nothing. Yeah. Because they worked for the company that, paid them so there there were companies that sprung up where they were like had different deals where you own the rights to the characters that you created and the stories that you wrote but the company still made money too and it, it's i never thought about comic books like that the business yeah. of comic books is kind of cool <laughs> well i mean it's it, it, the big thing like stan lee who everybody yeah. knows created every major character you can think of and it was years and years and years before he ever like, like there's all sorts of lawsuits and, and you know, cause how much money has Marvel made from Spider-Man? And it was yeah. Stan Lee's idea just to be like, let's write this story. Cause you're paying me to write a story. Yeah, man. It's the production companies and, yeah. and record labels and, and the man, the man, <laughs> the F, man. The man. Oh, F the man, F the man. Um, but before you sell out to a major label company, mm-hmm. which I, which I also love is when people, you know, independent artists finally get that deal. They're like, Oh, they sold out. And like, they're yeah. just trying to make more 
of a living or a better living or whatever. Yeah. Um, where can people go to find your music? <laughs> when I sell out. <laughs> yeah, before you sell out. Before yeah. I sell out, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Um, right now you can find my music on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Pandora, like literally anything that plays music, I am on. So L-A-I-N-E-Y-D-I-O-N-N-E. Um, if you go to LaneyDion.com, all of the links to any of my social media and all of my music is there. Is your TikTok there? Are you on the TikTok? My TikTok is there. I'm so bad at TikTok though, man. Like I'm one of the, I wouldn't say like elder millennials. I'm like smack dab in the middle of yep. millennials, you know? And um, um, all the kids make fun of millennials on TikTok and because <laughs> so, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I'm pretty terrible at it, but it's on there. Yeah, it's like I, I've, be, I've become, I enjoy it because it is a social media that is, I'm sure there's crap out there, but it's generally positive, fun stuff. Oh, it's hilarious. I love TikTok. Yeah. I love watching them, but creating them is a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the thing. And everyone's like, oh, you got to use it to, to promote your podcast. I'm like, I just, I don't know, man. It's I don't know like, how. I don't know how. <laughs> Get off my lawn. You damn kids. Like, this seems like a lot, and I don't want to learn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely difficult. Vine, when Vine was a thing, that was easy, you know? Yeah. Mine was an easy, easy app. TikTok, not so much. It's just a lot of, lot of crazy things. But I love it. I'm on there. So please go follow me because I don't know how to use it. Maybe yeah. you can give me some tips. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I have to learn how and like, uh, you know, make a TikTok of you shitting on Tori Amos. And <laughs> <laughs> I get all the Tori Amos stands to absolutely hate me. That'd be how great. Do I tag her in this. <laughs> <laughs> Going viral for. Uh, <laughs> my hate against Tori Amos yeah <laughs> well thanks for coming on man this was a lot of fun uh yeah. thanks for John Shea for the recommendation this one, yeah I love John yeah I'll have to start listening to him more now I guess when I... <laughs> but no this was great it was a lot of fun and uh thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you guys next week yeah and thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns. Or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.